Good morning. I'm Jordan Marie Smith from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 2nd. In today's news, the Senate confirms Miguel Cardona as Education Secretary. And where Jill Biden drops by for a cup of coffee can make quite a statement. But first, the big idea. President Biden is trying to unify fellow Democrats behind his $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief bill as the Senate prepares to move forward on the massive legislation this week. Several moderate-leaning senators have raised concerns about the structure of unemployment insurance benefits and Biden's plan to send $350 billion to state and local governments. Post reporters Erica Werner and Jeff Stein reported that Biden got together a group of these Democrats on a conference call Monday afternoon. The White House and congressional Democrats are staring down a March 14th deadline. This is when enhanced unemployment benefits will expire, unless the relief legislation gets signed into law first. The House passed the bill on Saturday, allowing just two weeks to get it through the Senate, where it's likely to undergo some changes. Then it will go back to the House for final passage. An initial procedural vote to move forward on the legislation could come as early as Wednesday in the Senate. House Minority Leader and Representative of Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, kept up his attacks on the legislation Monday, calling it, quote, a bonanza of partisan spending they're calling a pandemic rescue package. Monday's call with Biden included Senators Mark Warner of Virginia and Angus King, independent of Maine, who have proposed breaking off some of the state and local money and dedicating it to expanded broadband instead. Other Democratic senators are pushing for changes related to the unemployment insurance in the bill, which would increase the weekly $300 payments to $400 and extend them through August. The Senate bill will not include an increase in the minimum wage to $15 an hour. That provision was part of the House bill, but was rejected by the Senate parliamentarian. Following the parliamentarian's ruling, top Senate Democrats scrambled to come up with an alternative approach that would instead penalize companies that do not pay a $15 minimum wage. But those efforts collapsed over the weekend. Instead, Senate Democrats will move forward with a version of the relief bill that does not attempt to raise the minimum wage. According to two Democratic aides who spoke on the condition of anonymity because discussions were private. Even without the minimum wage increase, Biden's bill includes multiple liberal priorities. In addition to the state and local aid and extended unemployment insurance, it includes a new round of $1,400 stimulus checks to individuals, $130 billion for schools, an expanded child tax credit, food assistance, rental relief, and tens of billions of dollars for vaccine distribution and more testing. Republicans say most of the new spending is wholly unnecessary after Congress already spent $4 trillion on the pandemic last year, and the economy is showing some signs of life, despite millions who still remain unemployed.
And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one. The Senate confirmed Miguel Cardona to serve as Education Secretary Monday, vaulting the little-known Connecticut educator into the center of the national debate over how to reopen schools for face-to-face classes. The Post's Laura Meckler and Danielle Douglas Gabriel report that the Senate vote was a bipartisan 64 to 33 for Cardona. His nomination moved through the chamber without any significant controversy, in contrast with the confirmation of his immediate predecessor, Betsy DeVos. Cardona, who is 45, was born into poverty to Puerto Rican parents before becoming a public school teacher, principal, administrator, and, in 2019, Connecticut's education commissioner. As Education Secretary, he will be tasked with helping to reopen schools, addressing long-standing equity gaps exacerbated by the pandemic, and managing the federal government's $1.5 trillion student loan portfolio. Cardona, who will be sworn into office Tuesday morning by Vice President Harris, is expected to immediately jump into the school reopening debate. He was chosen in part based on his track record in pushing Connecticut schools to reopen for in-person learning. In his confirmation hearing before the Senate Education Panel, he said he approached the job with a spirit of cooperation. The Education Department has already published a handbook meant to help schools develop policies for operating in person, such as how to promote universal mask use and how to ensure distancing inside buildings. Cardona also promised to address questions of inequity in the nation's education system, saying the pandemic has exacerbated long-standing concerns. During committee deliberations, Cardona drew some GOP criticism for his support for transgender girls who want to participate in girls' sports. While Cardona's experience is almost exclusively in K-12 education, much of the education department's work is focused on higher education, and the federal student loan program. Cardona will face pressure from colleges and advocacy groups to expand eligibility for emergency grant funding included in federal coronavirus rescue efforts. Much of Biden's higher education agenda will require congressional action, including tuition-free public college and doubling the Pell Grant Award for college students from low-income families. But Advocacy groups expect Cardona to deliver on Biden's promise to exercise tougher oversight of for-profit colleges through reinstating regulations scuttled by DeVos. Cardona will also have to contend with Trump-era rules that limit loan forgiveness for defrauded borrowers and regulations on how schools investigate sexual harassment and assault. Another hot-button issue is student debt cancellation. Liberal Democrats are calling for the cancellation of up to $50,000 in federal student debt per borrower, far more than the $10,000 Biden supports. During his confirmation hearing, Cardona said he would use the tools available to him to provide borrowers with immediate relief. Number two. A.J. Brewer was all the way across town from his coffee shop, Brewer's Cafe, when he got an urgent call from his wife about an unexpected visitor. 
First Lady Jill Biden and her entourage of staff and Secret Service had stopped in to get a cup of drip coffee. The Post Jada Ewan reports that it was such a surprise that no one in his family even thought to get a picture with her. It was just one of the emerging pattern of unannounced drop-bys at small businesses that the First Lady has been making that seem anything but random. The stop on Wednesday was the third in recent weeks at a Black or immigrant-owned small business. Biden came to Richmond to visit Massey Cancer Center at Virginia Commonwealth University downtown. There, on a panel discussion, she acknowledged that communities of color have been carrying a heavier share of the country's more than 500,000 deaths to COVID-19. She also spoke with doctors about ways to get more minorities into clinical trials and cancer research. But her detour to Brewer's Cafe was just as resonant as her public remarks at the Cancer Center. Brewer's Cafe is a Black-owned, family-run restaurant and establishment located on a side street in Richmond's South Side. The South Side is a gentrifying majority Black neighborhood that Brewer likens to a, quote, Southeast D.C. 20 years ago. It was her third casual pit stop as First Lady. The others included a trip to pick up Valentine's Day treats at the Sweet Lobby, a popular D.C. bakery that is owned by Wynette McIntosh Ambrose, who originally hails from Trinidad, and a visit to the newsroom, a D.C. bodega and newsstand run by a Stephen and Anna Maria Boda, a husband and wife from Kenya and Guatemala. So, what does it all mean? Maybe the First Lady wanted to support small businesses. Maybe she wanted to signal to Black Americans that President Biden was serious when he said his administration would not abandon them. Maybe she just likes places that are touted as having some of the best French macarons and coffee in their respective towns. Her press office would not comment. But Biden clearly knows the power of a photo op. This was true when she made an unannounced stop to drop off cookies to National Guard members when they had been unceremoniously kicked out of the Capitol. They were part of the contingent sent to protect the city from attacks by rioters. Unlike announced visits that more sharply delineate a First Lady's agenda, such as supporting education, cancer research, and military families, no press pool is present for the semi-stealth visits. The only photos usually come from shocked customers, owners, and employees, or from the First Lady's photographer, who is almost always with her. That's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 2nd. I'm Jordan Marie Smith. Thanks for listening.